Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Running Elephant. I'm Nigel Sullivan, Booba's Chief Sustainability and People Officer. And today, I'm delighted we're joined with James Lenton, our CFO, Chief Financial Officer, who's making his Running Elephant debut today. Welcome, James. Thank you, Nigel. Good to be with you. Great to have you with us. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about growth. It's pretty timely, given that we're coming up to the year end, and it's when all the numbers get totted up behind the scenes by our finance function. And James heads up our finance function, of course. Maybe just to start with, James, I mean, you've been with us. You're not a new boy anymore, of course, but um, you're 18 months in the, in, in the job as, as CFO. Um, I guess last year end, you were sort of inheriting, you know, halfway through someone else's numbers, as it were. But now this is all your own, all your own stuff. I mean, what are your impressions 18 months into the job, of the job and, and Bupa? Uh, great, great first question, how quickly 18 months can fly by, Nigel. Um, maybe if I take you back to why did I join? Um, I joined because I felt Bupa was a really good organization. And with our strategy, we had a very real prospect of making it into a great organization. And so for me, joining, being part of the team to unlock the, the value in Bupa was the real attraction. 18 months in, how are we doing? I feel very good on behalf of all of us. I'm actually very optimistic about where we are and where we're going. I'm also realistic about some of the challenges we, we need to face into as well. But overall, I'm, I'm delighted. I think we're working together well, making really good progress, and we've got a lot of opportunity ahead of us. So uh, before I know it, it'll blink and we'll be three years in, but we'll have lots of fun on the way. Well, we're so glad you, you joined us. Um, it's great to have you with us. Um, Luke, Growth is one of the six pillars that of our three times six strategy. Just to remind our listeners about that, you know, growth, sustainability, transformation, customers, data, and culture, agile culture. So um, obviously really important. I mean, I suppose some people might say, like, what's so great about growth? You know, in, in, the, in these days of, you know, difficult economic uh, climates, you know, just doing, doing well, holding your own is pretty is it good enough? Why is growth good? Uh, growth's not good if it's on my waistline, but other than that, it's, uh, it's, it's a great thing for businesses. And I'll, let me explain why, Nigel. What growth really speaks to, and the importance of growth in our strategy now with the three by six is, if we can really harness the value in Bupa, if we can change what we do to the point where customers increasingly value the service that we have, then what that speaks for is the ability of Bupa to succeed and Bupa to be sustainable in its own right. So why, why is Bupa here? Bupa's here for our purpose, is to help our customers live longer, healthier, happier lives and make a better world. Now, as we seek to do that, we need to keep our eyes very firmly focused on what customers need and what customers are needing is changing dramatically now and will continue to over the next few years. Customers are focused increasingly now on, on healthcare. They're increasingly interested in accessing healthcare in a different way, more digitally, and having that served in a, in a remote manner. They're increasingly interested in how we can go about personalizing the service for them through the use of data. And I think all of us around the world are very passionate in the need to protect the planet. So if we can actually change what we do and how we deliver our services, customers will value that more. That means customers will value Bupa more. It means we should be able to sell more business, acquire more market share, price fairly for the service that we deliver, and customers should stay with us. 
So if we get our job right and actually best serve the purpose of Bupa, the real reason why we're here, we will grow as a business. Now, a secondary effect of that is we will make more money. And I think we need to be realistic that a few years ago, Bupa did have challenges. There were many parts of the group working well, but ultimately it wasn't earning a suitable level of profitability. And the reason why we need to make profits is to reinvest in those capabilities and the prosperity of Bupa itself. So what growth really speaks to is if we're doing what customers need, if we're adapting to the changes in the world around us, we will grow and Bupa will become more successful by virtue of giving customers what we need. So growth is not purely about growth per se. Growth really yeah. speaks to the fact we're giving customers what they need and we're, we're living living our purpose day to day. So growth, I mean, loud and clear, growth's not a, a bad thing in its own, in, by any means. And growth aligns our customers' needs to our own needs. And I guess growth for our listeners improves our prospects as well in terms of Job security, jobs, benefits, et cetera, as well. We, growth is good for all of us, really. Is that ad, right? Ad, yeah, yeah. Ad, abso- absolutely. And it also provides one of the great things about growth as well is that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that as we generate increasing levels of profitability, just suitable levels of profits, we can invest. So that means we can invest in the new element to our purpose, which you and the team are doing a great job sponsoring in terms of you know, investing to decarbonize Bupa, this, that will take substantial amounts of money to achieve. We will spend, I'm sure, between as well north of 100 million pounds with the team over the coming, coming couple of years, if not more. We want to invest in helping our, our colleagues in many ways. We're aware of the cost of living challenges. We've been leaning into those. Again, with the team, I think it's fabulous that we've now launched the Viva Benefits to provide wide-scale healthcare for our em- employees as well. But and, and, and I could the list goes on, yeah. but the key is all of this requires funding. Yeah. So again, what, what growth speaks to is relevance and sustainability for many different types of stakeholder groups. And that's that's why growth is so important, because it's kind of the, the fuel that we can then work out how we can reinvest to okay. all those ends. Okay. Okay. Very, very good. And look, growth comes in different forms, doesn't it? I mean, growth... Um, one of the terms you, you often hear is organic and inorganic growth. I mean, I, I just want to ask you, I mean, just for everybody, I mean, my non-financial kind of version of that, I mean, organic growth is like growth from ourselves, if you like, and inorganic is where we're maybe acquiring other, other or partnering with other people or acquiring other business to grow. Do you see like a balance, but do you think it's both? Do you think it's one or the other? Do you think there's a balance favoring one to the other? I mean, just be good to get you, get your views because different businesses have different strategies about how to grow. Absolutely. Um, so we'll, we'll be growing in both ways is, is the good news. Uh, certainly organically. So what that speaks to is how our existing businesses continue to grow. And growth, growth, growth has become quite important for our existing portfolio in, in, the, ways I've, in the ways I've described. Um, but also the fact that you know, our businesses really thrive when we're typically in the top three, when we're a top three player in any market. We benefit from that scale. We can, especially in this environment, you know, have more economies of scale. We can hold back some of the additional costs that our providers try and pass through to as well. That's in our customers' interests because we don't have to try and pass so much cost on as well. So organic growth is important for, for many, many ways. And again, back to my earlier point, you know, through generating profits, we're investing yeah. considerably in organic growth. You know, our our expenditure over the course of any three-year period yeah. in organic growth is about a billion pounds. 
of which 400 million pounds typically is associated with driving all the change that you've mentioned earlier, yeah, there's yeah. the sort of three by six styled initiatives as we refer to them. So there's a, there's a lot there, but then also inorganically. Just on the organic, just before you get onto that, Jim, just you made me think of something that you know refers to something you said earlier about like our our past and you know not maybe not doing as well as, as is that because we've not been making enough, not 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 making enough of money, but not making enough out of what we have, you know, in terms of benefiting from what we have, is that been a is that one of the reasons yeah, for organic no. being important? Uh, yes, absolutely, and, and you're you're right actually to sort of take a pause and take us take us back to that, Nigel. The the way I think about this is, you know, we've got eighty five thousand colleagues around the world, many businesses, and the vari variety in our group is phenomenal. But the the harsh reality, about, up to until about three years ago, was the overall performance of this group was reducing. And part of the three by six was seeking to correct that balance. And just to put a little bit of numbers numbers around it, the capital in our group, the amount of money we have invested in this group, is about nine and a half billion pounds. It's a vast amount of money. And we're responsible as a, as a team, as a, as a group, for how we deploy that. And typically, you would expect a return on that nine and a half billion pounds. We don't have shareholders. I'm delighted we don't have shareholders. Um, and we can reinvest the profits in our purpose. But typically, in a group like this, you would expect that nine and a half billion pounds to be returning around 7% every year. And that rate's increasing as interest rates are going up. But the point is it's several percent. Where we were a few years ago, just as prior to Inyaki coming in and the, the new three by six strategy being conceived, that return was closer to 4%. And the point is it was reducing by about one percentage point a year for a few years in a row. So the group was in decline and going in the wrong direction. Now that's bad news. Because to my earlier point, if you're not profitable, you don't have the ability to reinvest. And if you can't reinvest, you can't then adapt to the environment and really give customers what they need and live, live your purpose. It absolutely is. And it doesn't take many years to get into real challenges. So the great news is, I think that you know, healthcare is a fabulous sector to be in. We've got a brilliant strategy with the three by six and we're great prospects. We're making really good progress. And I can't speak for everything right now, but I think you'll see a lot of good things in the year-end results when we publish them. But be realistic about some of the things left to fix. So, you know, what we're now doing is correcting that balance. We were in decline. We're not anymore. We're back on the up and up. And what we don't want to do is make too much money because there's issues associated with that. It implies you're underinvesting. We just want to right-size the return. So we hit a low point a few years ago, and now we're making really good progress year by year, improving the returns. Where do we want to be? If it was 4% a few years ago, probably by the time we, we say the three by six and this elephant is running, we should probably be in the eight to 9% return on capital. So we're broadly about halfway through, third, third to a half of the way through that journey right now. Still a good couple of years yeah. to go, heading in the right direction, but critically creating the capacity to invest in all these great things that we're now doing. So thanks, James. I mean, that's really clear. I mean, that's the growth that we can generate, if you like, under our own steam. But then there's the inorganic growth to pardon the expression, I mean, the, where, where we use external forces, if you like, to help us to grow. Can you tell our listeners a bit about that? Absolutely. So the, the great thing about Bupa, and one of the things that, many things attracted me about being here at Bupa, but one of the things was our corporate structure. We do not have shareholders. We are not owned by anybody. So as we continue to deliver on our strategy, as we continue to make profits, that creates broadly about a third of a billion pounds a year. So one billion pounds every three years for us to work out how to invest. 
And that is over and above the investments I've already talked about that we're making as well. So in a PLC, were we in Viva or legal in general, where we, had we listed shareholders, we would be returning the larger part of that third of a billion pounds to shareholders. I would, with the treasury team, cut a very big check, check and the money would be gone. So the privilege we have in Bupa is we can now work out every year how to invest that money in line with our purpose. So in part, historically, that's allowed Bupa to accelerate its growth, to buy more businesses in existing countries, to expand into new territories as well. And as we move forward, what we're really now trying to solve for is how do we best invest that money in line with our purpose? Um, and with underpinning our purpose is our strategy to become the most customer-centric healthcare organization. And so increasingly what we're looking at doing with our colleagues in the market units in the countries is working out where we should be placing, placing that money and to what end. And so we will continue to buy adjacent businesses. We will continue to consider whether we could potentially acquire new types of capabilities to accelerate our, our transformation. There's lots of ways in which we can deploy the money. But the great thing is we've got the financial flexibility. We've got the strength in our balance sheet, in our business. And we've got the increasing levels of profitability, which gives us one of the best challenges of all, which is working out how to deploy, deploy that money. So that I think is a really good, great challenge for us over the, the coming few years. And that, I mean, just in deploying that money, just for my simple brain, that could be internally and in investing in what we're doing for customers or for people or whatever we decide to do. That could be acquiring businesses. And we have acquired some businesses recently. You know, I'm thinking about the hospital in Mexico, for example. That's right. You know, and we're always looking, you know, for things that, that are going to augment and, is that is that what you're talking about? I mean, it could be we could be buying other companies, or we could be, you know, uh, investing in some partnerships as well as what we're doing ourselves. Is that the way that it pans out for you? Absolutely, all, all, all of the above, yeah. uh, all of the above, and more. So today, if we look at our pipeline, we're looking at deals now well north of two hundred million pounds in our pipeline that we're sort of evaluating. Right. So in places we we are absolutely acquiring hospitals, medical centers. We're looking at acquiring further insurance portfolios to allow us to build more scales in, in countries. We're thinking about the role of technology increasingly and whether there's new types of platforms or capabilities mm -hmm. we want to buy to help us deliver better services in a faster, more efficient manner. We're building many things. You mentioned the transformation earlier, Nigel. We're doing a lot of great transformation internally, but potentially we could spend some of this money to accelerate some of that transformation over the next few years as well. So, um, you know, part of our role really is to look at what are the best things we might spend the money on to really accelerate the delivery of the strategy, you know, live the purpose even more. Okay, um, thank you. In terms of, um, I want to ask you a little couple of things about the structure of the company and stuff like that, but I mean, in terms of growth, are there things that, are there watch outs that we've got in terms of things that might, hold us back things that we can do about i think most people know i mean our biggest risk is i mean we i think everybody knows the stroke of pen risk we've talked about this before in the yes. elephant you know there's things outside our control in governments and legislation and stuff like that and maybe we could park that to one side but there are things in our attitude to growth or our, our plans for growth that, that could hold us back that we, we we really should watch out for yeah good good question uh, there, there are a few things i think the first thing is Look, although when we look around the world, it's a very uncertain place. You know, we've seen 
increasing levels of geopolitical tension, inflation and economic challenges, cost of living challenges, increasing concerns about the planetary health. I think the, the first thing to appreciate is our strategy is fabulous. It's a really clever way of unlocking the value in healthcare and giving customers what they want. So first and foremost, we have to continue to drive through the, the three by six and, and the transformation. That is our best hedge to the challenges in the environment and our best way of allowing Booper to really succeed on its purpose. One of the sorry to jump in, but it's one of the reasons I think is it's it's not just one thing. It's not just growth and only growth. Absolutely. And that's that's the beauty yeah. of it, I think. It's got more legs to it than that. Yeah. Multiple yeah. facets, I, yeah. I agree. And so and the, the second thing I'll say is the great thing about the way we're structured in Booper, I think it's our operating model. You know, of the 85,000 colleagues around the world, only 500 of us here at Group, the reality is most of our colleagues are closest to our customers. And I think in the world in which we're in now, where there's uncertainty, our business does look quite different in many places around the world. The strategy works everywhere and allows us to consistently get the value that I think we have in, in Booper and the value that our customers need with how healthcare is changing consistently between countries. But the great thing is we've got fabulous people close to our customers who know how to run their businesses the best. So whilst there are lots of things that are uncertain in the world, I kind of think we're on the best ship, frankly, yeah. in Booper to be sailing through the high seas. Now, as we go forward, what are some of the watch outs? The, the first thing I would just say is I, I would genuinely encourage all the our colleagues around the world have a conviction in their own belief. That operating model is amazing. People know far more than I know about how to run these businesses in all these countries. Genuinely, you know, we're making yeah. really good progress and colleagues should feel confident and empowered to, you know, constructively challenge how we operate, to double down where they think we need to. If there's areas where they feel they should stop or pull back, you know, talk to people, express your views. And I think we've got, you know, we're trying to encourage everybody to feel some ownership and to be empowered. And so the, the shape of the watch outs and the risks and the challenges will probably be different in many places around the world. Some are consistent, but speak up, you know, and try and ensure you have a great fun career at Booper, but also have the confidence to use the knowledge and experience you've got and your point of view to, to vocalize it, let it be known and put forward your ideas about, about how we change. Because, you know, there are lots of challenges in the world. I agree there's the stroke of pen and there's many others, but the best hedge to it is the strategy and our people. And so therefore I'm just, I'd really just encourage everybody to use the knowledge and experience and, and speak up, you know, and yeah. bring, bring forward your ideas. I think that's what we're increasingly wanting everybody to do and the space is there to do it. Very good message. It's in our hands effectively is what you- It you is, know, it is. Largely, largely. Yeah. Well, James, that's a great segue actually into what I was gonna come on to next, to be honest. Um, we don't have shareholders. Um, we're not listed on any stock market. Why do people list on stock markets? Why do they not? What are the advantages of it? You know, plus and minus. I mean, I've certainly understood that one of the advantages of, of listing is you get access to what's called capital markets and therefore debt and therefore you can finance things, you know, growth, you know, um, through through that. Uh, we don't have that uh, in that way. What, what options have we got to, you know, because debt, often debt in the private, you know, in, in your personal, debt's like a dirty word. Like yes, I, wanna, I don't want to have too much debt. and so But corporates do need to have debt often and, and yeah. you know, and, and, seek out some debt, you know, because it's a, it's a healthy thing to do in moderation. What, 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 how do we do, how do we fund growth? You know, what, what are we, 
do if we don't get access to those capital markets and have shares and people investing in us in that way. We don't have that. All the advantages of, you know, we know, well, we think we know in terms of, you know, not being listed and the things that go with that. But there might be some disadvantages for us as well in terms of access to that, sure. that those funds. I mean, yeah. how do you weigh that up in your own mind? Yeah, okay. So let's let's weigh it up. Um, I'd, I'd start by saying I'll, I'll take where we are um, without any reservation. But let, let me sort of explain yeah. why. I know you're right. I'll, I'll come to the debt, but debt's a, my worst analogy yet today. Sorry, debt's a little bit like broccoli. A bit's good and healthy, but you don't want to eat it constantly. <laughs> so... Um, Let's compare notes firstly on what it means to be a listed business. You know, have were we listed like Aviva or Ligon General? Um, so you're absolutely right, Nigel. It does provide you know a couple of key benefits if you get it right. One is access to more capital. So we could go to had we got them shareholders and say, please give us more money. We've got some great ideas how we could fund that. So you do get sourced to additional forms of capital. We access capital today, but we access capital as debt. It's not equity, it's not shares in our business, right. it's debt. So that nine and a half billion pounds I mentioned, we've got roughly about one and three quarter billion pounds worth of debt. A little bit of debt is healthy, but you don't want too much of it. So access to capital is one strength. The second thing is if a PLC model works well, shareholders are a good source of constructive challenge to help the board and the management team work out how best to mm -hmm. work the strategy and execute on a strategy. But there are, there are drawbacks. The drawbacks are um, that typically you spend a lot of time managing shareholders, managing sell-side analysts. You have to spend a lot of time outside the business. It runs the risk of being a distraction from the core of actually designing the best strategy and executing it, firstly. The second risk in a, a, a listed environment is you have a share price. And so the risk can be short-termism, that you take decisions yeah. to maximize the share price over the next one, two, possibly three years, but it runs the risk of not taking the right decisions to really best promote the interests of the business and its employees over a sort of five, 10 plus year time horizon. Um, and so as a consequence, the, the benefit of being in Bupa is, you know, as a, I said, ov overall, we get to keep the money, we work out how to redeploy and reinvest that. We do not have the big drawback of our investment capacity being vastly reduced. That third of a billion pounds is there to invest. If we were a PLC, we'd have more like 50 or 100 million. It would radically reduce the size of the investment capacity. Secondly, we can all stay focused on how we uh, we run the group, but we ensure really good governance. We, I think I, I have a lot of confidence in our, in our global board working with our association members. So we need to continue to challenge ourselves because others are not doing that for us. So we've got to be a little bit self-critical, realistic about some of the challenges we're facing, but I think genuinely optimistic about the outlook to get, get the best of that, best of that model. So I think overall, uh, you know, without any reservation, I think we're on the right side of the balance, not being listed. We're cautious on debt. We'll keep the balance sheet safe. You know, we'll hold ourselves to account and continue to drive our, our execution through. Um, so I, I think we're in a good place. Final question. What's our trajectory for growth? Up. Um, I'm, I'm an optimistic realist is the way I would, I would describe this. Um, as we think about the next few years, you know, the elephant three by six strategy was always a, a multi-year ambitious plan. And I genuinely think in the round we are delivering on that. So I think our prospects are very good and we have many reasons to be, be optimistic. The key 
is what we have to continue doing is transforming to build these new capabilities because that's what drives the growth and provides the capacity to continue to invest. And we're only really a year into at least a three to four year journey of doing that. So if you take a step back, the return on capital in my world is 4%. We want to see that above eight. We broke five last year. We're increasing through 2022. That's really good news. But to really see through that journey of, of transformation, to really continue to deliver on that ambition, we've still got a couple of really heavy years ahead of us. So where I think we find ourselves now is we really need to, we should be celebrating the successes. And there have been many over the course of the last year. I think we, know, we also need to be realistic that as Nyaki always guides us, run and change is key. So we need to continue running and changing to really bring about the improved outlook for growth in, in the future. Um, but I'm pretty confident we can do that. But we've got to be realistic behind that, that there are a few challenges. You know, we've, we've seen great turnarounds in our business over the last year, like in Grupa Global. We've seen, you know, generally around the world, our insurance businesses, our provision businesses, our aged care businesses are all growing. There are loads of great things that are happening. Um, but we've also seen sustained challenges in some areas. You know, Australia, unfortunately, had the longest, hardest probably experience of COVID. So with our colleagues in BVAC, we need to try and restore the occupancy levels there. In our dental businesses around the world, particularly in the UK, that's a challenged market. And I think the team have done a number of really good things over the last year. But now with Mark in, in role, you know, we've got a lot of work to do there over the next couple of years as well. So I'd say that macro level view of growth looks really good. And I think the outlook's good. But the key to it is more run and change. And the key to it within it is ensuring, you know, where we've got parts of the portfolio that aren't yet where they need to be, we continue to work on those and turn them around and fuel the growth of the rest. And then between you and I and the rest of the team being very passionate about, you know, decarbonizing the business, bringing that broader sustainability strategy to life, all, all three pillars of it. I think are a big point of focus for the next few years, because not only do we want to grow, we want to grow in the right way. And that includes leaving a better planet behind for our children as well. What a fantastic finish, Jim. Thank you, James. I mean, really, um, you brought the, the whole thing to life and some technical elements there uh, explained incredibly uh, clearly. Um, and, and thank you again. Um, it's been great to have you at the, on The Running Elephant. Thank you very much, Nigel. It's been, been a pleasure. I'm loving my time here. And a big thank you to all our colleagues around the world. I think uh, we're making great progress and uh, sincerely I'm very thankful for everybody's support and with it final advice for everybody would be just please enjoy your journey at Bupa I think it's a great place to be a really exciting time I really do wish you all feel empowered and that you know you make the very best of the time here alongside all the other things you do in your life so thank you and uh, we'll speak again soon yeah we will indeed that's all we've got time for thank you very much James thanks for listening everybody I hope you've enjoyed the episode as usual, if you want to get in touch, if you have any questions or comments, please drop us a line at rollingelephant at See you next time.